Thank you for listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast, a message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Let's look at Daniel chapter 4, verse number 37. Daniel 4, verse 37 says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all of whose works are truth, and his ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. How many of you remember growing up, um, and, and as you're growing up, you know, it just seemed like everybody wants to give you advice, right? You know, you're growing up and, you know, you need to eat more vegetables, you need to bathe, you know, you need to brush your teeth morning and night, you need to, you need to pay attention in school, you know, you need to, to do all, you know, everybody just wants to give you advice, and, and, and you know, you got your parents giving you advice, and you got your teachers giving you advice, and, and then you know you're in real trouble because then you get your friends start giving you advice. And sometimes it's not good advice, but anyways, you know, they, everybody's trying to tell you what you need to do. I mean, you, you get ready to go into high school, and, and everybody's saying, you know, you need to quit doing all these things, and you need to really focus on your studies. And then maybe you go to college, or you, you, you go to the, the military, or, or maybe you just enter into the workforce, and, and again, people are telling you, hey, you really got, it's time to calm down. You got to start taking some things serious, and, and you know, you, you can't stay out to all hours. You can't stay up all night watching TV. You can't do, you really got to pay attention. You got to go out there. People are dependent on you and you've got to do these things. And sometimes we just get so to the point where we just get so sick and tired of hearing everybody's advice. But God gives us some advice. And He tells us in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse number 1, He says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. Now, out of all the advice I've received and all the advice I've tried to give, this is probably the greatest advice right here that we could ever give. Is that we need to understand that we need to offer our bodies that God has given us as a, as a reasonable service to Him. We are His hands, we are His feet, we are His mouthpiece. We, we, we are the temple that the living God indwells. And so if we're not living rightly... We're, we're going out into the world and, and we're, as, the, as His creation, what are people thinking about us? What, what, is, what, you know, how, what kind of example are we living as God's creation? You know, think about this now. So I just told you, as a kid, growing up, your parents are why do you think your parents are giving you the, this advice? Because you're their creation. And they don't want you walking around looking and acting stupid. Okay? And so God... Our Heavenly Father, our Creator, He says, listen, man, get this thing right. And so He gives us this advice where, you know, quit, quit walking around living the way that, that, that the heathen live. I've got so much better things in store for you. And we really need to understand and we need to heed God's advice. You know, so many of us, we end up in some, some bad spots where because we don't listen to the advice, because we don't do the things that we know we're supposed to do, we get into this position where learning the truth, instead of learning it God's way, we all have to learn it the hard way. You know, we find ourselves in bad spots. We find ourselves unemployed. We find ourselves pregnant outside of marriage. We find ourselves homeless. We find ourselves in jail. We find ourselves on the street. We find ourselves in these positions and we sit there and finally the light bulb comes on and we say, man, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I just do what they told me to do? You know, every one of us has moments of regret 
where somebody's giving us advice and then we sit back and we think, man, I wish I'd have listened. You know, I think about my story all the time. And I remember, you know, I was, I was a pretty good size uh, teenager. Um, especially if you knew my dad, those of you that have met my dad, my dad's only five foot maybe something. And, and, you know, he didn't know nothing about athletics or anything like that. And so I started lifting weights at 14 and I started bulking up and, you know, I'm up 5'11 and, and all this. And by the time I'm about 15, 16, my dad realized one of, you know, there's only one or two ways to handle this two by four or talk to the kid. And so we would sit down and dad would start having these, I call them Ward Cleaver talks. And, and so dad would sit down and he'd have these talks with me and he'd sit there and he'd, he'd try to tell me these things. And I would just finally, after about 10 minutes, I'd look at him and say, just go get the 2 by 4 man. I mean, because you're killing me with this. But as I got older, especially after I got married and after God, you know, after I got saved, and, and I started thinking, and I started thinking about all these things that Dad said, and I was like, man, he was right. Why didn't I listen sooner? I wouldn't have made all the mistakes, and I wouldn't have lost all the time if I'd have just listened. But praise God that God tells us we can redeem the time. God tells us that He'll forgive us of all of our trespasses. So even though when we should have listened to the advice and we didn't, we still have this promise from God that He's going to reconcile us and He's going to redeem us and He still wants to do great things in our life. So that brings us to Nebuchadnezzar. I'm thinking about Nebuchadnezzar. So in the book of Daniel, we learn about this king, Nebuchadnezzar, of the Babylonian Empire. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar conquered all of Israel. He brought the, so a lot of the Jews, most of the Jews, uh, to Babylon in captivity. And, and what he tried to do is he tried to, uh, to take these, these, these young Jewish men and women and he would try to conform them to the way of the Babylonians. To eat their food, to, to drink their drink, to worship their gods, and to try to do these things. But, but we find out that, that not all of them are going to do what Nebuchadnezzar is trying to get them to do because of their upbringing. They listen to the advice of their forefathers. And in Daniel chapter 3, we see this where, where Nebuchadnezzar builds this huge statue of, of himself and he tries to get everybody in the land to worship him. And he says, if you don't fall and worship my statue, then I'm going to throw you into this fiery pit. And, and there were some young Hebrew boys that said, we're just not going to do it regardless because we're listening to the advice of our forefathers. And we understand this. That even if you try to do this, if God wants us to perish, that's okay because He's got a better plan for us. But if God so sees fit, He'll bring us out. And we know that the story, if you've ever read Daniel, where they go into the fiery furnace, but as they're in the fiery furnace, there was three of them, and all of a sudden the Lord showed up in the fire. And when they came out of the fire, they didn't even smell. They didn't have anything singed on them. And Nebuchadnezzar, recognizing how powerful and how good God was, Nebuchadnezzar makes this statement. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 28-29, it says, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent His angel and delivered His servants whom, he, whom they trusted, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their house shall be made in ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. So you think, wow, man, just you can end the sermon right there. Nebuchadnezzar got it. No, because it didn't take long for old Nebi to fall. Nebi thought 
You know, hey, I've got this. I'm, you know, the interesting thing, I was reading this this morning in Ezekiel. Out of all the kings that we can read about, all the kings of the, the Hebrew kings, all the, 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 the Jewish out of all the kings, the only place in the Bible, other than when you're referring to God Himself, Jesus, only Nebuchadnezzar is called the King of Kings. Ezekiel says that God even refers to Him as the King of Kings. See, God empowered Nebuchadnezzar to do all that He did. God empowered Nebuchadnezzar. So, so Nebuchadnezzar goes and he, he conquers all these lands and he, he, he takes all the Jewish people and he takes them to Babylon. He builds this huge empire and he's got all this gold. He's got everything working for him. But then all of a sudden, he, he takes these three Hebrew boys and he thinks, I'm going to show you because I'm the king of kings. I'm going to throw you into the fire and they don't, they don't burn up. So he has this, this recollection, hey, there is a God in heaven. So he tells everybody, okay, so he has this teen challenge moment, okay, hey, this God, this this God of the, the Hebrews, y'all, I, He's the one true God. Forget my statue over here. This guy just brought these boys out. And so it has this, this teen challenge moment where, where he, the, the light comes on. But then all of a sudden, it, He leaves teen challenge and He gets back into the world and things begin to go wayward again. Because you know Nebuchadnezzar starts looking around, he starts looking at all the things that he built, and he starts looking at all this stuff, and then all of a sudden some things start happening to Nebuchadnezzar's life, and, and, and he starts falling back into the same rut. Now, okay, we're going to take the heat off of Miss Case because she's looking at me like, Pastor, you're getting a little too heavy on me. So how many of you since you got saved have sinned? All right, praise God, see Miss Casey. So not everybody, okay. Now, here we go. So Nebuchadnezzar, man, he has this God moment but it doesn't take long for him to, to, to begin to fall backwards. And we've all been there. And in, in Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he asked Daniel to interpret this dream for him. Now, I'm not going to go through and I'm not going to read everything that, that Nebuchadnezzar had in his dream, but I do want to tell you what Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar about his dream in verse 27 of Daniel chapter 4. Daniel says, Therefore, O king, let my advice... Here it comes. Here's the advice. Let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be lengthening of your prosperity. See, God, through Daniel, warned Nebuchadnezzar what would happen if he didn't change his ways. Many of us have had these situations in life, whether through dreams, circumstances, godly counsel of others, warning us to change our current direction before it leads to definite destruction. So, so here's Nebuchadnezzar. He'd already had one God encounter and, and now he's back to his old ways. And, and he has this dream where God says, I'm going to speak to you again. You didn't get it through the furnace. So now I'm going to bring it to you through revelation. And so Nebuchadnezzar doesn't understand the dream, so he calls Daniel in and Daniel tells him, heed my advice. You need, to, you need to, to fix some things, Nebuchadnezzar, or it will truly lead to your destruction. Nebuchadnezzar, if you read all of the story and if you understand some things that happened, what happened with Nebuchadnezzar is, is because he did not change his ways, Nebuchadnezzar lost all of his kingdom, lived like an animal for, for a period of time. But it was during that period of time where God humbled him that Nebuchadnezzar truly came to a revelation of who Jesus Christ was. And that was the Scripture that we started with where Nebuchadnezzar finally understood some things about God. I don't know where it was for you or if you've got to that point that we would make some changes in our lives before it leads to true destruction.
So I want to talk to you just real quickly, three areas that we can look at in Nebuchadnezzar's life that I think we can apply to all of our lives of some things, some things we need to change. Because if we don't change, if we don't make some adjustment, loss is coming. The first area that I believe that, that Nebuchadnezzar had to learn and so many of us struggle with is the area of pride. The area of pride. See, Nebuchadnezzar, even after all that he had seen and all that God had done and all that God had revealed to him through his dreams and through these Hebrew boys out of all these things, Nebuchadnezzar had been given many talents. Nebuchadnezzar had been blessed by God to do all these things. But yet Nebuchadnezzar kept taking credit for everything that was taking place in his life as if he was the one that was doing it. Daniel chapter 4, verse 30, Nebuchadnezzar says, Is it not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? See, Nebuchadnezzar begins to, to, to well up in pride that all of this that he's taking place... You know, if you go back and you read the prophets, if you read Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they tell you there's a king coming. God's going to empower a foreign king to come in to punish you Jews because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But yet Nebuchadnezzar thinks that he's the one that's created all this and he's the one that's done it instead of really giving acknowledgement and praise to the God who gave him all this power. So many of us well up in this pride. Now I'm not talking about the type of pride where somebody looks at you and says, you know, work hard and take pride in your work. Not that kind of pride. I'm talking about the, the, the type of pride that, that we begin to take credit for everything that takes place in our life. That type of pride where we want everybody's attention focused on us. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. Look what I've done. I did this. Isn't this great? I did that. That's the kind of pride. That type of pride is sin, and that type of sin is ugly. Solomon, in all of his wisdom, had a lot to say about pride. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame. But with humble comes wisdom. See, with pride there's a lot of shame, but if you'll get humble, God will give us wisdom. Proverbs 16.18 says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 29.23 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble in spirit will retain honor. If we'll get humble in spirit, God says, I'll, I'll give you honor. People will recognize you for who you are. People will look at you and say, you are blessed. I can't tell you how many times people come to me and say, man, you're blessed. See, we want to be humble. If we'll be humble, then God will retain all the honor and all the glory. See, when pride invades our life, we don't think we need to listen to other people. We don't think we need to learn from others' mistakes. We think that we have all the wisdom and all the knowledge that we need, but that is not so. Every one of us needs to guard against pride before it creeps in and begins to destroy our lives. See, Nebuchadnezzar did a lot of great things, but everything that Nebuchadnezzar did, he did through the power of God. We don't need to be stealing God's glory thinking that we've done something great. We do not need to be stealing God's glory thinking we've done something great. 1 Corinthians 4.7 says, For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? See, God gave it to us. Okay, because I understand that it's through God that I can do all those things. That's not pride. That's not arrogance. But walking around boasting that I've done all these things is pride. 
God has allowed me to do these things. God has worked through me to accomplish these things. God has given me favor to be able to speak to certain people. That's the kind of humility that God wants us to have. 1 Peter 5.6 Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. God wants to exalt us. God wants to do great things in our life. God wants people to recognize us. Why? So that when people ask us, man, how is it that you got to be the President of the United States? How is it that you got to be the Mayor of such as... How is it that you got to be the Executive Director of Teen Challenge Upper Cumberland? God. God blessed me. God did that. How did you get to be the pastor of this large church? God did that in my life. See, God wants people to recognize us for the things that He's done, but He wants us to be humble and recognize that He's the one that's done it in us. Amen? The second area that we all really need to to work on, pride being number one, but the second area so many of us need to to work on that if we don't get this thing right, it could lead to, to definite destruction is in the area of procrastination. Procrastination. See, Nebuchadnezzar was a procrastinator. See, Daniel came in and told him, he said, King, if you you don't humble yourself, if you don't start doing this, and what it is, the Bible says this in Daniel chapter 4, verse 29, at the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. After 12 months, see, God God is a patient God. God is a patient God. God's got this. You know, he, you know, to, to, a thousand years to us is just a moment to God. And so Nebuchadnezzar's walking around after 12 months after Daniel told him what was going to happen. And Nebuchadnezzar's walking around on top of his roof and he's looking at all the kingdom and he said, man, that prophet really missed it. God ain't going to do nothing to me, man. I built all this. I'm the man. And he begins to, to, to boast. He should have made the change, but instead he kept on procrastinating. He kept on procrastinating. But this is the deal. God did exactly what God said He was going to do. And God came in and robbed all of the kingdom from Nebuchadnezzar. How many times have we made these statements in our lives where somebody's came to us and somebody's told us something that we should change? We felt the Spirit of God speak to us and tell us to change. We've had dreams or visions telling us to change. But we always make these statements. I'll quit later. I'll go to church when I'm a little bit older. I'll be more responsible after I have kids. I I will do this after this. I will do this after that. I will do this later because I've got time. When we really need to get to the point where we start saying, I am doing this. I am serving God. I have quit and I am a new creation in Christ. See, we need to quit saying, I will and keep putting it off because we have no promise of tomorrow. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 tells us, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God, in all of His infinite wisdom, was sitting there going, Nebuchadnezzar, man, just, just get it right. Change your ways. Go ahead and tell everybody that I am the one true God. Just stand there and just tell everybody, yes, I'm the king over this kingdom, but God gave it to me. If you just get it right, Nebuchadnezzar, But he didn't. He put it off, put it off, put it off. And then exactly what Daniel, under the inspiration of God, said was going to happen, happened. So we understand Matthew 24.36 says, But of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Jesus is coming back. You 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 can sit in here and you can say, God just spoke to me, I'm going to write a book, and He's coming back on the 
whatever day, and I know that that one I can mark off my calendar. He won't be there that day. How many times have we seen that? Was it you know like Y two K man? How many people went out because they they thought man this is it? I mean he wrote a book and this guy out in wherever wrote a book and said this and it didn't and then he said oh my calculations were off it really is nobody knows but God so if nobody knows but God you better not keep putting it off because you don't know when God's going to decide to come back we cannot afford to procrastinate. We can't afford to put off salvation. We cannot afford to put off a relationship with Jesus Christ. We cannot afford to sit back and think that we've got all kinds of time. Today is the day of salvation. Amen? We need to get rid of pride. We need to get rid of procrastination. And the third thing that we all need to do in every area of our life is we need to honor God. God wants us to honor Him in our lives in our families, in our work, and in every area of our life. In every area of our life. I don't care what your job is. I don't care how how menial you think it might be. If you're doing it as under the Lord. I can't tell you how many times, my staff probably can, but I can't tell you how many times I say in staff means all the time. Colossians 3.17, we need to do everything as under the Lord, not under man. We don't do teen challenge to make men happy. We do teen challenge to make God happy. Because it's Him we're trying to honor, not me. Daniel chapter 4, verse 37 says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol the honor of the King of heaven, all of whose works are true and His ways justice, and those who walk in pride He is able to put down. Nebuchadnezzar finally got it. He woke up out of his dream, had a long nasty beard, looked at his fingernails and said, man, this God is really the one true God. And because he finally came to the revelation, because he finally humbled himself, God restored all that He had taken from Nebuchadnezzar. See, Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 29.11, You know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a future and hope. See, God has given us this future. God has given us this hope. God has given us this vision. Not for one minute do I think that I've got it all figured out. It's His plan. If it's my plan, I'm surely going to mess it up. But if it's His plan and I'm led by His Spirit, then I know that I can walk in His path and He's going to bless me for it. Nebuchadnezzar finally got to the point where he understood truth. But he did it the hard way. I want, to, I want to share with everyone in here tonight. I don't know where you're at spiritually. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know where you've been. Quit doing it the hard way. See, God wants you to do it the easy way. Come unto me, all you burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, God will give us rest if we'll just, if we'll just understand some things. If we'll humble ourselves, call upon the Lord, make Him Lord of our lives, and recognize that everything that He's doing is Him, not me. Let's do it the easy way. Let's do it the Jesus way. Have we learned truth? Have, have we made a decision to, to, to quit putting ourselves in a place where God is not getting all the glory? Our, our, we need to get to a place of humility. We need to get to a place where we quit putting off till tomorrow what God wants us to do today. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to know more about this ministry, 
or consider supporting, please visit teenchallengeuc.org.